Refuse, what's up? How you guys doing tonight? We all good? Oh man, that was so weak. How are you tonight? So, uh, I honestly missed you guys. I've been gone for three weeks now. It's just crazy. Uh, so anyways, I was in Thailand for like two weeks, and then my wife and I actually just got back from, uh, we've been married for four years now, ladies and gentlemen, um, and we went on a cruise to the Bahamas, okay? That was sweet, super, super sweet. Um, but anyways, the reason I tell you that, I went, I've traveled more in the last three weeks than I've ever traveled in my life, and I got to be honest with you, maybe some of you guys have experienced this, I am so sick of traveling, like if I ever hear again, put your tray table up and your seat back up, I'm going to scream, shut up. I don't want to hear that anymore. Boarding passes, waits at the airport. As cool as vacation is and as awesome as Thailand was, I'm so glad to be home, so glad to be with my kids and all of you beautiful people. But uh, before we start tonight, um, tonight's just going to be a little different. If you're here for the first time, thanks for coming. Usually we walk through different series of things. We'll be walking through like a portion of the Bible or we'll walk through... Um, We'll walk through, you know, series on certain topics. But this is kind of me, your student pastor at Hope Church, just kind of sharing with you kind of what I'm going through right now. And hopefully it encourages you. Um, so we'll start with traveling. How many people have ever traveled overseas or uh, really far? Like I went from here to Florida. Okay, that's pretty far because you're as far, you're like as far on the United States as you can be. Okay, good. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love, one of my favorite things to do in, uh, in traveling is people watch. Does anyone like to people watch? Like it can take, it can really kill some time. I'm serious. Like get get on like an awesome airport and just sit and just watch people and you're like, this is awesome. Especially if you're in Asia, okay? Just going to throw that out there. If you're in Tokyo, Japan and you just want to watch some funny people, you can't understand what they're saying. You're just like, this is awesome. You guys are having a ball talking. And you're like, I have no idea what you're saying. No clue. Not, not one clue. Not, it's not bad that they're Asian. I just can't understand them. You know what I mean? Like, I just have no idea what they're saying. Um, so I, I did some people watching in, in uh, Tokyo. Uh, also, Disney World. I went to Disney World with my wife. By the way, going to Disney World with your wife with no kids is actually awesome. Because then you just get to go on all the big people rides. You don't have to deal with, like, the little things, okay? But people watching at Disney World, because people come from all over the world to come to Disney World. They come, like, we met a bunch of people from Europe and, you know, the U.K. And then a bunch of people from Canada. Anybody from Canada in here? Canada? No? Okay, I'm Canadian, so it's okay. It's not like, you, for whatever reason, can, Canadians get like a bad rap, you know what I mean? But uh, I saw a lot of people from Canada, and uh, people watching at, at, at Disney World is also awesome, because again, a lot of times you can't understand what they're saying, and you just watch them. And, uh, and then uh, another place is a beach on the Bahamas, okay? Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happens at the beach in the Bahamas, and I got to people watch at all those locations, and I want to share with you a few stories. One, uh, and the reason I'm sharing this with you is because if you ever wondered, as you're people watching, you wonder, what on earth is that person thinking right now? Like, if I could somehow take my iPhone and trick it out to make me understand what that person was thinking in their brain, it would make people watching a lot better. Would you agree with that? If you agree with that, nod. You guys are, like, dead tonight, okay? I need to wake you up a little bit. So if I could tap into the really funny Japanese lady I was watching at the airport in Japan, if I could understand you know, the J Japanese that she was thinking, I bet you it would be funny because she looked like she was having a ball when she was trying to open up this, this like, thing of candy. And I was like, I wonder what this lady is thinking, okay? Another story is um, I was on the beach in, Baham in the Bahamas, okay? N in Nassau, Bahamas. I mean, I'm talking white sand, everything you think of. White sand, crystal clear blue um, ocean. It was amazing. And there's this lady behind me who has had too many, if you know what I mean. Like, just too many 
beverages, okay? I mean, just way too many. She's on my cruise ship, and she's on the beach just loving life with too many beverages. And uh, she's calling out to her husband, who also has had too many beverages, and she is currently getting a massage on the beach, okay? Weird, okay? They have, like, this whole this area where their sheets are blowing in the wind, and you can get a massage right there by a Bahaman, okay? And so this lady is. She is. She is getting a massage, and she's calling out to her husband, and nobody understands. I mean, she's American, and he still can't understand what she's saying. You know what I mean? And she's calling out to her husband for something, and Candace and I are, like, looking around, like, does this lady not know that she's, like, being seen by other humans? You know what I mean? Like, she can actually be heard and seen by other humans. And then, next thing you know, we look behind, and the the masseuse looks at Candace and I, because we were right by this, and the masseuse just shakes her head and points at this lady's behind and goes like this, Okay. So this poor lady is not only at too many beverages, then she falls asleep while she's getting massaged, and then she just starts letting them rip. You know what I mean? And that's one of the ladies that I'm like, if I could get inside your brain and just think, what are you thinking right now, lady? Like, have you just lost your mind? Um, what are you thinking? We're just letting them rip right there on the beach when you have no idea what's happening and getting a massage, and other humans are around. Uh, another story, one more. I am uh, on a plane going to Florida. This is th- uh, rewind about a week. Candace and I are on, uh, I'm on a plane. It actually, our vacation started out really bad, actually. We missed our flight here, leaving here to, to Florida. And so if you've ever been on standby, it's a horrible place to be because you're just waiting there hoping that they call your name. And then when they don't, you're like, okay, sweet, I missed my flight again. And so Candace and I, at the beginning of our anniversary vacation, we actually get separated and we're on two different flights. Pretty horrible, okay? So I'm pretty mad at life. I'm just like, this is kind of lame, way, you know, horrible anniversary getaway. This, we're on different planes now, and she's going to stay in Dallas for like six hours, and then we're finally going to get to Florida like at midnight, okay? And, and so I'm sitting there, and I can't sleep on an airplane. Just FYI about Scott Worthington, I can't sleep on an airplane. I don't know why I'm like anxious or something that we're going to go down in flames. I don't know. Um, but so I finally, I'm tired, I'm kind of cranky, and I finally start to doze off. And I'm in the middle seat. If you've ever been in the middle seat, Bad news, okay? When you're on standby, you don't get any options, okay? So I'm in the middle seat, and next thing you know, I'm falling asleep, and next thing you know, I feel this cold, wet substance running down my leg. So I, I, I jump up immediately, and uh, the guy next to me goes, oh, 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 sorry, dude, sorry. And this poor guy spills his Diet Coke just all over me, okay, while I'm trying to doze off. And I thought to myself, I could be anybody. Like, I could be a rich businessman with a $1,000 suit that this guy just ruined. Or I could be like some prima donna lady with her like, you know, coach high heels that just got, just, they just got ruined by Diet Coke. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't care. I'm a pretty laid back guy. So I just told the guy, don't worry about it, dude. You know, it's just shoes. It's just, it's just skin, whatever. And, um, and I, I thought to myself, well, man, how embarrassing for this guy. You know what I mean? This guy's sleeping next to you, and all of a sudden you just biff it and dump Coke all over him. You know what I mean? What a horrible place to be. And I thought to myself, I thought, what is this guy thinking right now? Because I would be, like, freaking out. I would be that. And so I thought, man, if I could just read this guy's thoughts, I bet you they would be really, really funny. It'd be people watching but better, okay? And the reason I bring that up tonight is, is we're going we're gonna to talk. You see I have a couple of props up here. Um, we're going to talk about thoughts tonight to start us, to kind of catalyst into our talk tonight. But I looked some stuff up this week. If we could think, because I, I wonder if we tr- followed you around this week and could open up your brains and think what you're, see what you're thinking. You know what I mean? If we could, like, get a text message feed of all your thoughts. Be like, okay, Austin is thinking about football right now. Okay, uh, Grace is thinking about Instagram right now. Okay? Um, yeah, you like that? It's like real life. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Welch is thinking about how awesome it is to shake people's hands. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know what I'm talking about? Like, we could, if we could read all your thoughts, it'd be kind of weird, right? But here's what I researched this week. Did you guys know, check this out, this is crazy, that on average, the scientists have figured this out, which really, I don't really know how scientists figure this stuff out, but we'll go with it. Um, that scientists have figured out that each one of us think about 30,000 thoughts a day. Okay, would you, would you agree with that? Maybe like that's a lot or a little. Maybe some of you guys think like 10,000. Like you stare at a bulb, a light bulb for like an hour. And so like we would normally, you know, think 300 thoughts, but you're thinking about the light bulb for like one hour. So maybe some of you guys like 10,000, but maybe some of you guys 30, like the normal people. Maybe some of you intellectual types, like 45,000. Okay, Alex Strabel is probably at like 150 or something like that. Okay, anyways, 30,000 thoughts. And here's what kind of got me tracking as we jump into tonight, Okay is I believe we can look at the Bible. I really believe this. I believe if we had 30,000 note cards up here and we just started re- surveying the room right now and just writing down our thoughts. Okay, so football, Instagram, shaking people's hands. We just started writing down the thoughts that we could, if we were honest, we could boil them down into one of two categories. Either those thoughts are based off of the truth, and so they'd go in the truth bin, or those thoughts are based off of some sort of lie. They go on the live bank. I think if we boiled everything out, even like the simplest things, we could say that was either based off something that is true or based off something that is a lie. And all of our thoughts, 30,000 per day, could all be boiled down into one of two categories. I want us to get us thinking about that tonight as we jump in because here's where this is coming from. I had, like I said, I've traveled in the last three weeks more than I've ever traveled before. And you just get sick of traveling. And, and I'll kind of paint a picture for you. I am on an airplane uh, and neither of the two people that I'm going to talk about tonight are here. That's funny. That's like I can make fun of them and they won't ever hear it unless they listen to the podcast. But uh, I am on an airplane next to Macy McCormick and Elijah Pittman, okay? I'm on my way back. We had a layover in Tokyo, Japan, and we flew into San Francisco. And so that's my plane for nine hours or eight hours or something is next to Macy and next to Elijah. And let me give you a little insight on their plane ride experience. Macy does nothing but sleep. Like, she's got the neck pillow action, and she's just out. Like, as soon as we took off from Tokyo, Macy's like, and then she I'm so jealous, because as I just told you, I can't sleep on airplanes, so I'm super jealous. I'm like, Macy's like out for nine hours straight, like snoring, slobbering, neck pillow action, and I can't get a wink of sleep, okay? So that's Macy. She's next to me on my right. So I'm just kind of annoyed at Macy. Macy's annoying right now, okay? On my left is Elijah Pittman. Now, if you know anything about Elijah Pittman, Elijah Pittman is a gamer, okay? He's a, is any, anybody else a gamer in here? It's okay. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Yes, gamers unite, okay? Uh, Elijah Pittman is a gamer. He's got his iPad. It's actually his dad's iPad, Pastor Vance's iPad. He's got it out. And so he just, like, soaks in media at, like, 1,000 miles an hour. So here's Elijah the entire time. No joke iPad, 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 iPad for a couple hours, sit down, watch a movie for three hours. iPad, 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 iPad. I'm going to get another Coke. And he gets another Coca-Cola. And then he looks and then he looks at the computer, or I mean at the whatever, like Men in Black. They're showing Men in Black and Step Up Revolution and all these stupid movies. And I'm like, Men in Black's actually really good. Uh, but I, I'm like, because I'm trying so hard to do anything on this flight. And, and there's Elijah just totally busy on my left. And I'm annoyed with him because he's like satisfied with life. And Macy's obviously satisfied with life because she's like, you know what I mean? So I'm annoyed with both these people. So I'm, I'm just sitting there, and it's been a long week, and I miss my family, and I promise this is going to make sense in my sermon, I promise. But I am just totally done. I'm like, dude, I got like five hours left on this plane flight from Tokyo to San Francisco. So I pull out my journal. Whenever you're in doubt, pull out a Bible and a journal, okay? And that's what I did. I put them down in my tray table, 
and uh, I'm sitting there, and I start journaling. And this is where I just want to be real honest with you. Again, I, I, this is coming out of me, just what's, what God's doing in my life, and hopefully that kind of encourages you. I am opening my Bible, and I start journaling. And if I'm honest, and I'm not putting up a pastor front or a Christian front, here's my thoughts in that moment. I, I was mad. I was frustrated. I was annoyed at God. Like, man, you can't say that. That's like super, like, this is the kind of stuff you keep quiet. Like, you're a pastor. You work at a church. You're a Christian. You can't be mad at God. No, I, I don't know what it was, but I sat there and I started journaling, and I was like, well, I don't get this. I just came off an amazing week in Thailand. Like, God did incredible things. We got to pour into 500 Buddhist children. We got to train, be a part of training, like, 400 pastors from all around Southeast Asia. God, big stuff. And I'm sitting there on the plane flight back with sleeping Macy and gamer Elijah next to me, and I'm mad at God. I'm like, this is, I'm annoyed. I don't want to open my Bible right now. I don't care about what you want to tell me. I don't care about my journal right now. I don't care. And then I got mad at the fact that I was mad at God, and I thought, why? Man, what on earth would drive me to a point after an amazing, incredible week that I've just had of being at a point where I am not happy or I'm, I'm kind of resistant towards Jesus. Maybe you have felt that before. I don't know when. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it's today. Maybe it was last week. Or maybe it was when your parents got divorced. Or maybe it was when that tragedy in your family happened. I don't know when it is. But do you ever, has there ever been a time when you're like, man, I just don't want to have to do with God right now. I'm going to say something that's kind of sound crazy. That's okay. As long as you're not okay with that. See, that was the thing with me. I wasn't okay with that. It made me mad, and I didn't understand, and I asked the question, why on earth is this happening when I just experienced what I experienced, and I'm, like, super happy with God right now, and now I'm on this plane flight, and I'm not. What is happening? Fast forward, I get back here, I do trunk or treat, I get back on a plane, and I'm on a cruise with my wife, and again, I sit on this beach with my wife, and it is amazing, beautiful. I mean, it's like relaxation capital of the world. And I'm there, and I pull out my journal because I'm like, this is a good God moment, like the beautiful beach that he made and, and the beautiful wife that he made, right? I'm in heaven, right? And I, again, pull out my journal, and I realize I don't want to do this. I'd rather put in my music and skip the worship songs, and I don't want to do this right now. And again, I got mad. I started journaling. Why on earth? And I'll show you if you want. I can show you in my journal. Why do I feel this way? And it kind of started this last week of my life that I want to share with you, just God really wrestling this with me. And here's the reason, reason I believe that that was true. And if you're feeling that way tonight or you have felt that way in the past, if, as long as you're not okay with that, that's the key. If we're happy in that and we're just walking in our lives and we don't want anything to do with God and we're just loving life, that's a different story. But I wasn't okay with that. I was super upset that this was happening. So I started wrestling with God and asking, why on earth is that happening? And I kind of came up with what I think is the truth behind why those things were, and I want to share it with you tonight. Here's what I believe those things were. The reason I was feeling resistant toward God, the reason I was kind of upset at everything that was going on, even, good, even though good things were happening is this, is I have an enemy, a very, very, very real enemy, and so do you. And we don't talk about him in church. Call him the devil. The Bible calls him Satan. The Bible calls him the enemy. Call him what you will. We don't really talk about him in church a lot. But he's very real. And this last week of my life, as I've just wrestled with why I've been feeling a certain way towards God, I realized the reason I'm feeling that way is because there's an enemy at stake. There's 30,000 thoughts that I think a day. And some of them are based on lies. And some of them are based off the truth. 
And if I had note cards up here right now, a lot of my thoughts in the last week or the last two weeks would probably go in the lies category because there was something or someone in the mix. And the problem is we don't talk about them enough. And 7th through 12th graders in this room tonight are dealing with this enemy. And I want to encourage you with the word of God that he's very real, but so is Jesus. And so that's kind of where I've been, and I kind of want to share with you a little bit about that. So um, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 10. Hopefully you have your Bible. If not, pull out your app. The YouVersion app is an awesome thing. If you don't have it, uh, download it before next week. But in John chapter 10, Jesus tells a story. And I'm going to simplify it because it's a parable. And parables are little stories that Jesus tells that have huge significance. And so Jesus is telling a parable of a good shepherd. Okay? And so I want you to go back later and read the whole story because it's a really good story. But John chapter 10, Jesus paints this picture of there's a shepherd and then there's sheep and then there's the pen where the sheep live. And what that means for us is Jesus wasn't really talking about sheep and a shepherd. He was talking about the shepherd being him and the sheep being Jesus followers, like people who follow the shepherd, which is us if we're Jesus followers or following Jesus. And the pen is this world that we live in. That's kind of the, the breakdown of this. And, and you can read it, and it's kind of self-explanatory as you read it later. But John chapter 10 talks about, so there's a shepherd, and there's sheep, and there's a sheep pen. And then Jesus says there's a, there's a person in the sheep pen that's not supposed to be in the sheep pen. There's an enemy in the sheep pen, or as Jesus calls him, a thief. There is a thief where he is not supposed to be. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, you've probably heard this verse before in church. But here's what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. That's it. 30,000 thoughts a day. Satan's option, the, the enemy, the devil, whatever you want to call him tonight. Whatever, all the, the, the scripture uses all those phrases to, to, to show the devil. Here's, here, here's what it says. His purpose and those 30,000 thoughts you think every single day is to steal and kill and to destroy you. You have an enemy, and so do I. But Jesus says, my purpose, the good shepherd's purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus says the, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy and to get as many of your thoughts in this lies category as he came. But I have come that you might have life, a full and satisfying life. And that sounds real good. But if I'm being honest, the more teenagers I talk to, even the more adults I talk to, here's what I find out. There's a lot of Christians who don't experience that rich and satisfying life. In fact, they so try to feel satisfied and full of Jesus that they try and try and try and try and try and try and try. And they come to the end of their life and they realize, or they come to a point where they walk away from their faith and they realize, man, this is all a joke. You could tell me Jesus satisfies, but he doesn't. You could tell me that he gives me a satisfying full life, but I've seen it. It doesn't work. Here's why I believe that's true. Most of us don't even believe that's there. We never think about the devil. We never think about our enemy. We never, we never pray against our enemy. We walk through this life unguarded and unprotected against a very real enemy, and we don't even know that's there. 40%, I looked these statistics up, 40% of people that would say, I'm a Jesus follower, man. I believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, man. I've given my life to Jesus. I follow him in my whole life. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Do you believe the devil's real? Do you believe that there is an actual being called Satan that the Bible talks about that has an enemy with you? Do you believe that? 
Yeah, see, that's just kind of mystical, man. I mean, you really believe that there's like a pitchfork guy? No, no, I didn't say that. I said an enemy. The, the, we, we've, we've painted this picture of the devil. We're not saying he's got a pitchfork and he's dressed in red tights. We're saying there's an enemy against Christians, and his purpose, as Jesus said, is to steal and kill and to destroy you and I. 40%. That means if we took, looks like this room, this side's a little fuller. This side, you all you guys would say, it's kind of more like uh, negative energy, or I believe evil's in the world, but it's all sort of a, it's all sort of like cosmic, blah, 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 but it's not rooted in a real being known as the devil, known as the enemy. So why is that that big a deal? Because Jesus told the people that were listening to this parable, and he's telling us tonight that there is, a per- there is a thief, and his purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy. And we walk around, most of us not even believing this is here, and we wonder why this isn't true and satisfying and full, and we wonder why this Jesus-following thing didn't turn out the way we thought it would. Because for 30,000 thoughts a day, we're deceived. And we come to a point where we realize the Jesus thing isn't panning out. It's because we're unaware of a real enemy. I really, really, really believe that. And I was unaware of a real enemy because guess what? Before this, God started doing this on the plane on the way back from Tokyo, I didn't really think about it a lot, to be honest with you. I mean, I knew the devil was real. If you asked me that question, I'd say, heck yeah, of course, man. It's in the Bible. Of course. But did I ever think about this war that was being waged against me? No. Thirty thousand times a day we have thoughts. And sometimes we get tricked into believing in something that isn't true, into believing in something that's a lie from a real enemy whose only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy you and I. Listen, I'm not trying to scare anybody tonight. That is not the goal. The goal isn't to scare you. The goal is to make all of us aware. Because here's the reality. Let's just, like, celebrate for a minute. As soon as I say this, we're all going to cheer. We just need to cheer after this. Because here's the reality. There is a real enemy called the devil that the Bible talks about. But here's the reality. You ready to cheer? Ready to cheer? Jesus wins. Jesus wins. But seriously, listen to this verse. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, yes, that is true, but I have come to give you a rich and satisfying life. The devil's purpose may be to steal and kill and destroy you, but Jesus says, I have died for you. I'm not trying to scare anybody tonight, but I'm trying to make us all aware. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 5 says. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This isn't allegory. This isn't philosophical mumbo-jumbo. It says, be alert. Watch out. There's a great enemy, the devil, whose who's purpose, he's, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So here's what I want you to know. There is a war happening every single day, 30,000 thoughts a day, where you walk, where you go, who you talk to. There is a war for your heart. There is a war for your purity. There is a war for your mind. There is a war for your life. But the good news tonight is that Jesus wins. Big picture, Jesus wins. Little picture, you and I battle every day. We don't battle against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but against principalities, powers. We, we wrestle an enemy. 
So you and I need to understand this is very, very real. It's nothing to be scared of, but it's real. We have an enemy who has been defeated, but he still prowls like a roaring lion in our lives every single day. So we got to be prepared. And, and I don't know about you guys, but just kind of break it up for a minute. Uh, have you guys ever been really unprepared for something? Like really unprepared, like a test maybe? Unprepared for a test, raise your hand. Unprepared for uh, uh, some sort of event, like a sports game or a marathon or anything like that, half marathon, race, where you thought, man, I got this under, you know, this is no big deal. And you start running and like halfway through, you're like, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Anything like that? No? Okay, that was just me. Okay. Um, I don't know where you have been unprepared, but I'm going to give you two examples of how I've been unprepared. And then we'll, uh, we'll move on tonight. First example where I've been unprepared is the first time I played Xbox Live. Anyone ever played Xbox Live before? All the gamers are like, yes, two shout-outs in one sermon, sweet. You know what I mean? Uh, Xbox Live, first time I ever played was three years ago, I think-ish. Uh, and I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like the first Modern Warfare. And I thought, man, I'm pretty good. Like, that's the only, modern war- that's the only Call of Duty I've ever been all right at. And so I am, um, I think I'm pretty good. Like, when I play my friends, I, I can, like, hold my own. And I, I don't look like a total fool. And so I thought, I'm ready to play Xbox Live, okay? And so I jump in one of these games. And, you know, I, I didn't care about the levels. I just jumped in one. I think I was playing on my buddy's Xbox. So, like, his, I don't know what it's called, his gamer score or whatever was huge. So I got in, like, a really elite game, okay? I, and I thought, it's cool. Like, I, I hold my own with my friends. I'll be okay. And so, you know, you go through the whole thing. You pick your guns. You pick, you know, you, you, you see what map you're going to be a part of. And all of a sudden, you're, like, dropped in this map, Okay, sorry for all you non-gamers. I'm going to get to something that you'll understand in a minute because this is like, what? Uh, so I'm on this map, and there's already a bunch of shooting going on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. This isn't really me. This is the video game version of me. And I, like, hide behind a wall, and next thing you know, it's like, boom, 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 <laughs> defeated. What? What on earth? Like, 25 kills already? Like, it's been 20 seconds, you know what I mean? Like, I was so, like, unprepared to jump into Call of Duty Xbox Live. Seriously, that's the only time I've ever played Xbox Live. If I'm being honest, it kind of scares me. It's like a scary, weird net world that I don't want to be a part of anymore. You know what I mean? Um, that was the first time I've ever been unprepared. The second time that I can remember is, uh, which I'm, I was unprepared at one point, but now I'm really excited about it. It's Black Friday shopping. Has anyone ever been Black Friday shopping? Last year, you guys all know my friend Frank. He's kind of a, he's a face at Refuge. He, he works over at Central, one of my best friends. Uh, and so he called, he's at my house for Thanksgiving last year. We invited him over. He came over for Thanksgiving. After the Cowboy game is over, they won, by the way, tonight, too. They won tonight, too. Anyways, uh, he's like, dude, Scott, you got to come Black Friday shopping with me. And I'm like, dude, that's so lame, like, for girls and stuff. No, stupid. He goes, no, it's so fun. So I'm like, all right, I'll go. And so we show up to Walmart, Okay. And I'm telling, Walmart's 24 hours. Like, all these other stores open at a certain time. Walmart's 24 hours. So here's how it looks if you've ever been. You walk in because it's open all the time, and all the Black Friday deals are covered with these big black trash bags. And so, like, all these people are, like, standing around them, like, wanting to be first. They're just kind of standing around, and they're all, their eyes all look like this because they've been up and, like, drinking coffee for, like, three days getting ready for Black Friday. And they're all, like, walking around, and I'm like, dude, this is kind of scary. Like, there's a ton of people here. What's going on? He goes, dude, are you prepared? And I'm like, no. What, what am I supposed to be? He's like, no, no, no. You have to have, like, a list of things, and here's the, uh, here's the map, and there's, like, a map of where everything is. And you're, like, looking at it, and you're like, dude, I am ill-equipped for what's about to happen right now. And so we're all walking, and right at, I forget what it was, I think 10 last year, maybe 11, 
there's like this bell from heaven. I don't even know where it came from. I didn't know Walmart had bells, you know. And all of a sudden, like stuff gets ripped. There's literally stuff thrown all over the place. And I'm like a scared little boy. I start sucking my thumb, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what is happening right now? Frank's like throwing me DVDs. Scott, catch! And I'm like, dude, what is happening right now? What is happening right now? And I encourage you all to go. It's awesome. Seriously, at the end of the night, I like scored so many sweet deals. I bought stuff I didn't even need. Why do you need that? Dude, it was like a dollar. You got to get it. It's like 15, but it has a dollar. It's like 100,000% off. And people were like, I don't get it. It's like you had to be there. It was awesome. Stuff was flying, and I caught something, and I bought it just because I caught it. And, I mean, it was crazy. I don't know what that is for you, but we walk through this life sometimes. And you've been unprepared, so you can cope with me. You and I walk through this life so unprepared, right? We're, we're walking through the Walmart of life having no idea what's happening. And stuff's getting thrown at us and junk's coming our way that we have no clue why. And we're asking the question, where's Jesus now? Where's Jesus? Man, I'm a G- I've been baptized. I'm a Jesus follower. I go to refuge every week. I'm in a small group. Why on earth is this stuff happening? And we never, ever, 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 ever point at the liar whose only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy and say, this is you. And I'm not going to let you win this battle in my life. You're throwing stuff at me. You're th- making my, you're, 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 my whole world is spinning right now. You're trying, you can't take away my relationship with God, but you're throwing every roadblock you can to hinder it. And I'm not going to let you. We don't do that. We wonder over here and we look at God and we point at God and say, what are you doing? Why on earth are you allowing this to happen? And we're never pointing at our enemy and saying, it's you, and I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you steal my joy. I'm not going to let you hinder my relationship with God. We don't let it happen. Jesus continues to paint this picture in John chapter 10, just as we finish up here tonight. Continues to paint this picture in John 10. He says, there's, there's two voices to be heard. Just like we have two buckets up here, there's two voices to be heard. He said, my sheep know my voice. But there's another voice, the voice of the thief who comes to steal and kill and to destroy. There's another voice. So every day, you and I, we don't, let's just not spiritualize this story. Every day, we walk into the sheep pen that is the world, and we hear two voices. We're either listening to the lies of the world or we're listening to the truth. You say, okay, I want to listen to the truth, man. I'm on board with this. How do I do it? One of the primary ways we listen to God's voice is his word. And I don't know what you th- your thoughts are on the Bible, man. We got a bunch of resources back there that if you're struggling with the Bible right now, you don't know if you can trust it, yada, 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 we would love to talk to you because I 100% believe with my whole heart that if Christians around the world stop talking about wanting to hear God's voice and start opening the word of God and hearing God's voice, that he would do unbelievable things in our midst. I'm talking everyone in this room. I'm talking myself. I'm talking Ben. I'm talking all the leaders. If we really buckled down and started reading the word of God and really letting it speak to us and the Holy Spirit of God takes it and puts our lives into action according to his word, I 100% believe your families would be changed and your campuses would be changed. And the stuff you're walking through right now, you would see it in a different perspective because of what the word of God paints for you. But here's the deal. We usually bust it out every once in a while when we go to church. Or we get really fired up after camp or after a sermon like this or maybe, and we say, man, I'm going to read the Bible for 20 minutes every day. And day one comes along, and we start reading the Bible, and then day two comes along, and we start reading the Bible, and then day three comes along, it's like, eh, I'd rather sleep in. And listen, I'm not saying you have to read your Bible 
to, 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 you know, to gain some sort of favor with God. I'm saying Jesus paints this picture where there's two voices that we need to hear from, and one of them is sitting on your desk right now at home or sitting on a shelf or sitting in your backpack, or maybe it's sitting on you right now, but it's the first time you've opened it since last week's refuge, and we wonder, why can't I hear from God? And the Word of God is right in front of us. And God wrote 66 books that speak directly into your life. Because here's the alternative. We walk into a world where every area of our lives we hear the enemy. Every single area of our lives, in some form or fashion, we hear the lies of the enemy. So we get bombarded because we're not being poured into by the word of God. We're not hearing God's voice through his spirit, through his word. And so we wonder why we're like fighting this. And the 30,000 thoughts are mostly ending up in the lies category because all we're listening to is the lies. And all sometimes I listen to is the lies. So here's why I tell you all this. I tell you all this to say there's hope. There's hope for the, the student and the teenager who thinks where is God in these moments. God is right here. If you're ever at a point where you feel like God is really far away, it's not him that walked away. It's very important for you to know. If you're far from God right now, he's not the one that walked away and made the distance. It's when we started listening a lot to the lies in our lives and not as much to his voice. give you a, a life-changing statement. I really believe if we apply it, it's life-changing. Here's the statement. The truth of God can set you free from the lies of the enemy. I am not stupid enough to think that in this room, there's not some serious junk that you guys are walking through. Things that you guys are dealing with that you don't understand. Things that you're totally wrestling with that whether you have a relationship with God tonight or not, you are wondering what, is, what on earth is happening. Who can I turn to? Maybe that's why you're here tonight. You think maybe I'll go to church. Here is a life-changing reality. The word of God, the truth of God can set you free from the lies of the enemy. It doesn't matter what you've walked through. It doesn't matter what you've heard. It doesn't matter what lies you've bought into. It doesn't matter how much of your life the devil has stealed and stole and killed and destroyed. Jesus sets you free from that. That's just the truth of the Bible. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the band to come up tonight. And as they do, I just want to kind of talk to everybody. So why don't you guys bow your heads for just a minute. There's times in my life where I've failed to realize that there is another being in play here. Maybe you're walking through something right now in your life, but you don't understand it. I want right now for you just to take a moment and cry out to God. Right where you're sitting, lay it before God. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are to cast our cares. That literally means throw your burdens, throw your worries, throw the junk in your life that doesn't make sense. Throw that at God's feet because the Bible says God cares for you. What's going on in your world right now that you just can't carry anymore, that you can't handle anymore? I want you to lay that before God tonight. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. If you're honest with yourself, I'm not asking for hands, I'm not asking for you to write it down somewhere. If you were just honest with yourself on what side of that coin do you fall most on tonight?
Do you fall mostly on the steal, kill, and destroy, man, that's where I'm living? Or do you fall on the side that says, no, I have everlasting life. I have joy. I have a, a relationship with Jesus. Here's the deal tonight. Some of you don't. And that's okay. But what I will tell you is that the Bible is chock full of times where Jesus says, listen, you can try all you want. You're going to come to a place where you realize you can't do it by yourself. Maybe right now you're young, you're, re- you know, you're restless, you're living it up, and you think, man, I don't need Jesus to weigh me down. You will come to a point in your life. I've done it. Everyone on the stage has done it. We've come to a point in our lives where we realize I can't do this anymore. And then they start reading the Bible, and they start opening up God's Word, and they realize they were never meant to. And they step into the life that God intended for them. That is a relationship with himself. Maybe tonight you need a relationship with God. We're so stoked that you would maybe come to that decision. That's nothing to be ashamed of. That's something to celebrate. Because as we said earlier and kind of jokingly, we cheered for, listen, the enemy has been defeated. Jesus wins. And I want to be on that team. I want to jump behind that bandwagon and say, Jesus, I can't do it, but you can. Just as we're about to sing right now, God, my flesh may fail, but God, you never will. Maybe some of you guys tonight need to come to that realization. That the things inside of us is weak. When we become Christians, when we cross over from death to life and Jesus rescues us, he puts his spirit inside of us. And that spirit is strong in us. Maybe you don't know what all that looks like. You want to talk to somebody. I would love to talk to you. Maybe it's in the back here as we're singing. Maybe it's later. Maybe on the connection card that's in front of your seat, you want to just check the box if you want more information about a relationship with Jesus. That's exactly why we exist. We want to connect people to the life-changing relationship that they were meant for.